Listener Production. This is Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Coming up on today's show, we talk about everything from the MCG last night. The Pies get it done. Will there be a suspension coming for Braden Maynard and Jacob Van Royen? We talk about the remainder of the weekend and where is the big upset coming from? That's all coming up on Footy Talk. It's Friday's edition of Footy Talk. There's a different feeling in the air when it comes around to September and it all got underway last night at the MCG. Collingwood winners and they are through to a preliminary final. I'm Jack Heaven alongside one of the best brains in footy and the St Kilda Hall of Famer, Joey Montagna. Joey, good to see you and... Oh, gee, it's good to have finals footy here. Uh, it's what we've been waiting for, Jack, and it didn't disappoint last night. It had everything, starting with the atmosphere, being there live. The crowd were going off their heads, and then after that first five or six minutes and the incident with, with Brayshaw and Maynard, the crowd got even more involved. There, where there was chants all night, and uh, I really loved being there, and and it was a, a cracking way to start off what should be an a absolutely beautiful final series. Let's just jump straight into the first quarter, because that was where the game was set up. Collingwood set the tone. Even from the opening bounce, Mason Cox in the ruck, not Darcy Cameron, and he put his knee right through the middle of Max Gorn. They win the clearance, and that just kind of set the tone for what was a stunning first quarter from the Pies. 100%, Jack. They they came out to play, and they caught Melbourne on the back foot. Collingwood were tougher. They were slicker. They they were more intense, and they absolutely got the jump on Melbourne, who for – some strange reason were just off. They were hesitant, yeah. and I think it sort of summed up a bit of their night. They were a bit reactive, and Collingwood just went whack, smacked them in the mouth. That was 33-6 to six early in that second quarter. And from then on, as much as Melbourne did turn the wheel in that second term and then really dominate the general play in the second half, they just had too much work to do to catch up, and full credit to Collingwood. They were the ones that hit the ground running. So was the game one in the first quarter? 100%. That's where it was won and lost. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Collingwood... They're a Collingwood are a team, and I was thinking about the, the styles of play and the systems, and Collingwood are a team that even all throughout probably the last two years, they don't necessarily dominate four quarters of footy. When they win, though, they dominate periods of it and put the score on the board. So that's what they did last night. When they were dominant, mm. they put the score on the board. Compared to Melbourne, who are a team that when they dominate big portions of the game, they don't really pile on a score. They they sort of grind away and chip away at it and wear you down. And Collingwood's defence just held up amazingly. They, they were awesome, but Collingwood got the jump early, and that's where the game was won. So I reckon there's a tendency, Joey, when you have qualifying finals, we praise the team that wins, and we say, oh, they could go on and win the premiership, and they are through to the final four. But I reckon there's a tendency to jump out of the canoe with the team that loses and say, oh, they're going out in straight sets. This is not looking good. What should Melbourne supporters be thinking today? Uh, They will be still confident that they will be they'll, – they'll win their next couple of finals. I think they should be thinking that. Um, they were very strong, as we said, for two and a half quarters. It does raise the question, though – the whole vulnerability of your game style getting exposed in finals. And Melbourne's vulnerability still is their ability to score. So that, as much as their contest and defense, and again, it was very good last night, Mm. they've still got to be able to find a way to score when they have that dominance. And then that's going to be their issue. Um, As we said, they played some great footy after quarter time and they they copped the smack in the mouth. So, oh, look, I think they should be confident. Uh, I'm not jumping off the demons. 20 inside 50s in the second quarter, and Mm. they kick one goal from it. They had similar numbers in the third quarter. 
If you just looked in isolation at numbers, if you didn't see the final result and you saw that Melbourne won inside 50, 61-37. Amazing. Plus four in clearances. They win contested ball. And Max Gorn, their captain, was clearly the best player on the ground. You would automatically assume that they won. And that's right. And the game lived in their forward half yeah. for the whole second half. But at the end of the day, and once finals come around, and Craig McRae said it in the press press conference, the stats and the, the trends, it all doesn't matter. All that matters now in finals is getting that win. And that's what Collingwood did. They found a way. Their back six and seven was amazing last night. Darcy Moore. I mean, guys like Markov and Hoskin Elliott at yeah. halfback. And yep. Quain all had some huge moments. Like I just thought they stood up under the, you know, the amount of ball coming inside their defensive 50. They were huge. He, he threw some different looks at Melbourne Craig McRae. One of them was Will Hoskin Elliott going to halfback, mm. still side bottom was more of a sort of swept around the back of the stoppage a lot of the time as well. How did you see that battle in the coach's box? Uh, I think no doubt Craig McRae took the honours. They were able to get the – it was exactly sort of how you pictured the game or I looked at it analysis-wise it would pan out. Melbourne are a strong front-half team. They've been the number one team for the majority of the year and Collingwood have played a lot of their game defending out of their back half. And it was there – would they be able to score from their defensive half? They did that when it mattered early in the game. They got the slingshot. Bobby Hill played his career best game. Mm. Um, you know, McCreary had some moments and, and Jack Crisp with his run. So they were able to counter-punch Melbourne, which is all they need to do. Now, they didn't do it for much after quarter time or after uh, midway through the second term, but that was all they needed to do. And uh, I thought it was a, a well-worked coach's box. The Mason Cox decision, I thought he yeah. had a, a really a real impact at the start of the game. And uh, I thought they got it right. Now, you know I love you. You know mm. I love working with you. And I listen to footy talk religiously daily. The other day when I'm listening and you're in here with Ethan, and you're going through all the numbers and then you start to talk weather. Mm. And I'm thinking, hang on, Joey, just... Leave the weather to Jane Bunn and leave the – Jane doesn't go into footy analysis and you shouldn't go into weather. But I'm happy to give you credit where credit's due because you raised Melbourne's form in the wet weather and it was a factor last night. This has become a real thing and I, I put some thought into it because we heard about the weather and Melbourne had lost all four games they had played in the wet this year. So gather round against Essendon over in Adelaide. They got beaten. Then they played Port Adelaide a few weeks later in the wet, got beaten, went down to Geelong in the wet got beaten, and then they played the game against the Giants up the top end that was horrible conditions and very similar stat line. They had like 30 more inside yeah. 50s but just couldn't score, and they lost that one as well. So I was interested to see what happened. And in the first quarter, when it was wet, they were absolutely exposed. They were found out by a team that was tougher, cleaner, slicker, harder. And funnily enough, Melbourne actually looked better once the game dried out, and they were in, particularly in the second half. So wouldn't want to be wet next week, Jack. That's how I'm going to say for Melbourne supporters. So what's the weather for the rest of the weekend? Oh, I'm not looking that far <laughs> ahead. I'm not even sure what it's going to do tonight. I wouldn't mind playing golf at some point this weekend, <laughs> so I want to know. Let's get to a couple of the key incidents from last night, and they are going to be spoken about a lot across the weekend. We'll start with the Angus brayshaw Braden maynard collision. For those who haven't seen it, you'd be one of about three in, in the yeah. world who haven't seen it in the last 24 hours or so. Brayshaw kicks the footy. Braden Maynard leaves the air to try and smother. Uh, they collide. Maynard midair collides with Brayshaw. He stretched it off, doesn't play, won't play next week under concussion protocols. Does Braden Maynard have a case to answer? From my perspective, no. I think that's just an accidental, unfortunate football act that can happen still in a game because he had every right to jump and smother. And when you're in midair and there's going to be an inevitable collision, you are allowed to just brace yourself for contact. That is human nature. And that's how I've always seen it. So I don't think he has a case to answer. I'm now getting the sense of and some talk around in the last sort of few hours about did Maynard have an alternative when he was in the air? Could he have put his hands out? 
potentially, oh. and sort of, you know, braced in a different way rather than turn his shoulder. I mean, I don't think it's going to go it's going to go to the tribunal. I think he'll be cleared of it. Um, it's just interesting that, you know, with all this talk about concussion, and it was an ugly incident. Like, we haven't seen too many players this year be out before they hit the ground. So our thoughts are with Brayshaw, For and sure. hopefully he's okay. But, no, nah, from my perspective, it's just an unfortunate incident. Yeah. <sighs> To me, and there's emotion and all that sort of stuff. The worst thing you can do with these incidents is jump on Twitter. And I stupidly, yeah. after a bottle of red and a bucket of Ben and Jerry's, jumped on Twitter and thought I'll just see what everyone's saying about it. And people, people wanted him in jail. Virtually, yeah. Braden Maynard. We're talking, and you're you're the man who's been out there, so yeah. you tell us. But we're talking point one of a second, yeah. and we're talking. So you, you jump in the air and then try and change your body or well, change you where you land. Yeah. How do you do that? That's right. And, and that's it's not Cirque du Soleil. It's not. And that's right. And that's going to be the the MRO's decision. Could he have had an alternative way to sort of protect himself? But I don't think it's possible. You're right. I've seen some, like there's some polls going around at the moment. It's, there's, it's almost a 50-50 split about whether, I can't believe that. I'm wondering whether there are a lot of mischievous supporters of other clubs <laughs> who are just trying to get Braden Maynard <laughs> in trouble and saying, oh, he's gone. Yeah, yeah he's gone yeah. without really any thought. I don't think he's got anything to worry about. What about Jacob Van Royen? Well, he does. Yeah, he's going to get a week for that. Um, I think the way that you know the elbow does come away from his from his body collects McStay high to the point where he has to get a, a, a HIA test. So unfortunately, it looks pretty obvious that Van Royen will miss next week. So that's no Brayshaw and no Van Royen for yeah. Melbourne going into week two of a final. Mm, not ideal. Hurts. Hurts. Yeah. Last bit of housekeeping. I just want to take care of here. I, I reckon we got a chance on Footy Talk to put this to bed once and for all with you. Because there's been a couple of videos that have surfaced now that we've got cameras in the commentary box and all that sort of stuff. There's been a couple of videos that have surfaced of Collingwood wins and you kind of sitting there and, you know, you're in your zone and maybe not showing a lot of emotion. And you've been accused of being a Collingwood hater. And this goes all the way (laughs) back to 2010. (laughs) Something bobbed up on my Instagram feed following at Triple M footy like everyone else follows because it's the best. And I see here that Daisy and Joey are split on every game in week one of the finals. Uh, and you tipped Melbourne to mm. win last night on, well, the, on the midweek. I, was, I think I was alone in no, tipping Melbourne. No, it must have been. I did as well. And then I saw all the comments and, you know, big boy 27 and all that sort of stuff whacking you. But then I see Brody Holland who comments Brody on Holland. Instagram and says, Joey hates pies, still sooking, hashtag 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put this to Come bed on, once Brody. and for all. Do you hate Collingwood? Of course I don't hate Collingwood. I broke for Collingwood as a kid. Did you really? I, just because this year particularly I've been a bit more uh, – I was early the one to sort of predict or sort of see that Collingwood were going to have a little bit of a slide. I was I was early to to go with it. Uh, they weren't as dominant as what they'd been showing the latter. And because I haven't tipped them to win the flag, I mean – Look, a lot of Collingwood supporters, you know, jump on their, their their fan pages and all that sort of stuff. And I've seen it go around. But come on, Brody Holland, like leave that to the yeah, you know, leave that to the nuffies. You don't need to fall into that basket of me uh, hating Collingwood because they beat me in a grand final. If that was the case, Jack, I'd hate Geelong because they beat me in 09. They did. The Hawks beat me in a prelim in 08, so I hate them. Port Adelaide and Sydney beat me in prelims early in oh. my career, so I must hate Port Adelaide and Sydney as well. It's just a thing that these Collingwood supporters, they, yeah, they read too much into it, but that's all right. Who was your favourite Collingwood player growing I, I had Nathan Buckley on my Did back. You? I had Nathan Buckley on my wall. Yeah. Him and Paul Williams are my two favourite players. So yeah. I grew up as a pie, but no, I don't hate them. It's just that if you don't tip them, I've realised with Collingwood supporters, if you don't tip Collingwood or you don't speak only positively of them, they get very defensive. So, so that Michael, that's all part of it. That Michael Jordan scene from The Last Dance where he's sitting in front of, his lap, in front of the iPad, he's 
says, and I took that personally. That's what Collingwood <laughs> yes, supporters they do. do. They That's take that right. stuff personally. Yes. Let's jump ahead to tonight because Melbourne will play the winner of this game, Carlton versus Sydney at the MCG. Firstly, you're the weather expert. What's the weather doing no tonight? I've got no idea. It's meant to hail, isn't it? Rain and hail? That's I've got no idea. Neither did the, the bomb, but nah. they're employed. And I they presume the it'll be wet and cold. This is a big night for the Blues. Now, the, the reason I want to throw this at you is because for the second half of the year, they turned things around, they got all this momentum, they went on a winning streak, they were playing as good a footy as anyone in the competition. But there was no pressure mm. because they had to keep winning to play finals. They could go and go about their business and play with fun, with freedom, do all that stuff. Now there is pressure because they are the favourite tonight in a home elimination final. How do they handle that? It's a good question and we're not going to know until we find out. They could come out and embrace it and play finals footy that I think a lot of them are built for. Uh, the, the style of play is built for finals. And they could, you know, play a game and we walk away and go, that's what we've been waiting for. Or a bit like what we saw with Melbourne last night, they could get jumped by a Sydney team who are going to bring the pressure. That is, that you can take that to the bank. They've done that all year, Sydney, yep. the number one pressure team in the comp. And do Carlton get a little bit spooked? Are they, do they get a little bit of stage fright? Do they get a little bit overawed by the occasion? And then all of a sudden they find themselves on the back foot in the game. And as we know in finals, it's pretty hard to play catch up. So it's going to be fascinating. I think they will embrace it. I think that they will enjoy it. But you've now put that thought in my mind. We've, we've all jumped on this Carlton train, the hype train. We've loved the revival. But what if they do get beat tonight? It's a flat ending to what has been an unbelievable second half of the season. Do you think it would be in their minds? Uh, some. Because everyone's different. How you think about the results and how you think about and prepare for games is one of the great challenges. We, look at, we can only see the physical aspects of a game of footy. We don't understand what goes through everyone's minds. Some players are, uh, will embrace it and love it. Others will be fearful about the result, about their own performance, thinking about uh, external factors. So that's what you've got to be able to brace yourself as a professional athlete and just focus on what you can do, do what they've done the back half of the season and they should be fine. But funnier things have happened. Selection is always interesting this time of year. And there's a couple of the other finals that we'll get to selection shortly here on Footy Talk. So for the Blues, Paddy Dow out, uh, Durden out, Fisher out, Holland's out. Now, there's a couple of those blokes that could consider themselves stiff, and, and one of them will play as the sub invariably. But the ins are interesting. Doherty straight back in, yep. obviously. Pitnet to play, regardless of the weather, says Michael Voss. So he uh, will team up with Tom DeConing. But the big inclusion is Paddy Cripps, yep. for obvious reasons, because he's their captain, he's their best player. But I know that you have been really pushing hard this week that this is Paddy Cripps' time. It is. It, it absolutely is. He's been waiting 10 years for this moment. And I think having the couple of weeks off, he'll be fresh. He's going to thrive tonight. He will dominate. I've got oh, – I'll take that. That's my bold prediction. He will dominate tonight and have a massive bearing. I actually like – the two rucks. We had this debate last night about Collingwood going with Cox and Cameron, and I think we saw the impact it had. I know Gorn was enormous, but imagine what he would have done if there was only the one ruck. Yes. I yep. think you need two rucks, and I think that you can always sub one out, like Collingwood did late in the game. So Carlton's greatest opportunity is their, their contest and clearance game. So you might as well dominate in that facet of the game with your rucks, fresh ruckmen, to give first use to their mids, and that's their best chance. Meanwhile, Sydney are 17th in the comp for clearance Yeah, that's so a big issue for them. a massive area of opportunity for Carlton. For the Swans, uh, their inclusions are good ones as well. McInerney, Mellican, and Papley. Obviously, Tom Papley is one, a bit like Bobby Hill last night, as a yeah. small forward in greasy conditions. Tom Papley could grab this game by the scruff of the neck early. 100% he could. At finals and in these types of, especially in these conditions, the, the talls don't really have a huge impact. It is the smalls. So it is someone like a Haywood or a Papley or maybe a Heaney who are going to have to kick three or four goals, you would feel, to try and cause a, a bit of an upset, and they absolutely are capable. Who are you tipping? 
I'm tipping the Blues. I've got faith in the Blues. I don't have any sort of emotional attachment where I'm nervous about them letting me down. You're I'm, not a Carlton hater I'm as not well. a Carlton hater and I, and, I, and I don't have that emotion to sort of feel half glass empty. I'm a bit more negative about St Kilda's chances for that reason because you've got the, the emotional attachment. But for the Blues, I've just loved the way they've gone about it. I like their style of play and if they keep doing that, I think they should win. We'll get to the Saints and the Giants next. We'll talk about Brisbane and Port Adelaide on Saturday as well. This is Footy Talk and of course, if you're listening on Spotify, then hit the bell. This is Footy Talk. It is your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. It's a special finals edition. Jack Heverin and Joey Montagna. You can just kind of sense the spring in our steps and the tone of our voice. We love finals footy. Uh, You've spoken a lot about the Saints and the Giants this week, so I'm not going to pepper you with a thousand questions on it. Selection-wise, Seb Ross in. St Kilda rolling the dice a little bit with Seb Ross in terms of fitness. Max King, though, the big in. Hayes out with a hamstring. Liam Stocker omitted. Could still be the sub. Uh, Ryan Burns out as well. He was the sub. For the Giants, all Sam Taylor has to do is wake up pain-free, allegedly, on Saturday morning, and he plays. Finn Callahan in for a bit of class around the footy as well. Angwin omitted, McMullen omitted, and Nick Haynes played as the sub and might very well be the sub on Saturday as well. And, of course, Toby Bedford got off on appeal, so yes. he's playing as well. So I don't think the Saints fans are pumped with the uh, ins for, for the Giants because they are big ins. I mean, Sam Taylor, the best key defender in the competition, will go to Max King. That makes it difficult. Finn Callahan's a class player, and Bedford has been hugely important. So good result for the Giants. Not so much if you're the Saints fans. Saints have gone with the extra midfielder by bringing in Seb Ross instead of Liam Stocker. So I think they identify that midfield battle in the Giants' run is going mm. to be where the game's won or lost. I mean, the Giants' top six players, when you think about their best six, it is you can't get much more elite than Toby Green, the best forward in the comp, Sam Taylor, the best defender in the comp. Then you've got Whitfield, Canilio. Cali, Tom Taylor, Green, yeah. and you know, like it is stacked. So Saints have got their work cut out. They're going to have to do it by committee. You know, Giants have got the individual talent. Saints have just got that that, that group mentality. They'll have to find a way, led by Ross Lyon, to uh, to win this. Because I am nervous. I think the Giants are playing some amazing footy. So if that, with that said, if if it's their best six or seven that, as you say, are, are some of the best six in the comp. Is it someone like a Toby Bedford or a Jake Riccardi bobs up and kick two or three? Like, how important are their, their, their no, back end players? I shouldn't, be? I shouldn't un, uh, um, sort of underplay the importance of the role players. Mm. They are playing a massive role. That's why they are the way they are. I see shades of when I said earlier in the year, 2017, about this, this Giants team. It's the fact that Richmond's Premiership 2017 team is what I was comparing it to. They won that flag off the back of their best six players. Remember, yep. it was Rance and Rewalt and Cochin and Dusty. And then everyone else played their roles, the like Castagna and Butler and McIntosh and Hawley and, you know, Broad. That's what I see with this Giants side. It's built around their six or seven elite, and everyone else plays their role, the, the defenders, Buckley and Iden, et cetera. So I've loved the way that uh, the Giants have gone about it. And as I said, it's going to be tough work for the Saints. Is there such thing as a free hit? In finals, no, and is nah. this a free hit for nah, the Giants? No, nah, not a free hit at all. They've got as much to lose as St Kilda as any other team. They they want to win a flag. That's what they're in there to do. They're not here to make up the numbers. They're not looking at this as, oh, yeah, we're lucky. No, they want to go deep. So it's going to hurt as much for the Giants as it will for any other team. And Saturday night at the Gabba, sold-out crowd, I reckon it's going to be if it's not already. Brisbane and Port Adelaide, gee, there's a lot on the line here, particularly for Brisbane, who can win 
and get a home preliminary final, and it's one step closer to a grand final, and they've been around the mark a number of times. Lincoln McCarthy back in. Jaron Lyons omitted. I think it's clear now that there's not a regular spot for Jared Lyons in this midfield. Port Adelaide's selection, though, was very interesting. Scott Lysett. Todd Marshall, Trent McKenzie in. Hayes omitted. Francis Evans can probably consider himself mm. a little unlucky. Tom Jonas is out with a calf. Travis Boak omitted. Well, he's the sub. Let's put it this way. Travis Boak will be the sub. And I like that. I think that's a great sub. There's someone with experience who's going to run run hard when he comes on and has an impact. He might have to come on early. Uh, he, he might come on late. So I think we can say Boak will be a, the sub. This is going to be a great game. I think all the pressure's on Brisbane. As you said, the four years, they've had a crack at it. This is their best chance. Not going to get a better chance than this. Uh, all, all the weight is on them. For Port Adelaide do have a bit of a free hit in this one because they've got the second chance. If their midfield can light it up and run rings around Brisbane's midfield and Rosie and, and, and uh, Butters can do their thing, they might be a chance, but I can't see Brisbane losing at home. They, they've hard, they haven't lost it all this year. They've lost four games in their last four years at home. They should get the chocolates. Not necessarily their best player. Who's Brisbane and Port Adelaide's most important player? I think Lockie Neal is Brisbane's most important player. I've done some numbers this year. When he gets nine clearances or more, they've, they've won like 80% of their games. When he's had less than that, it's a, it's a much lower ratio. It's like about a 50 or 60% win rate. So he still is vital for them, for their game, the way they want to play, win clearance and play it in their forward half. He's still their number one man around the clearance. So if he gets tagged, they struggle, Brisbane. Yep. So he's got to have a big one. And I think for Port Adelaide, it's uh, it's probably still going to be Zach Butters. Butters and Rosie. I mean, every time we see Port win this year, it's Butters and Rosie. Waxing, having 30 each, hitting the scoreboard. They've got to play out of their skins, I think, tomorrow night if they're a chance to beat Brisbane. So normally we finish off Friday with your bold prediction. Have you got one or have you kind of already gone with your bold Bold prediction, prediction is Paddy Cripps will be best on ground tonight, but that's not really that bold, is it? In his first final. No, that's just a prediction. It's uh, What's my bold? There's no bold there. There's no real bold because I'll go St Kilda win. St Kilda is my win. They're the outsiders. So they're the one outsider that will win this round. I think Ross Lyon finds a way to nullify the the run and the the um, the ability for the Giants to take the game on. They'll clamp down. Saints go through to a second week of finals. That's the bold <laughs> prediction that no one would have predicted. Bold prediction with your heart. That's what that, that was. Is, yeah. Yes, that's right. Can I throw one at you? Yeah, go for it. What do you got? Port Adelaide win really? and win well. What? Tomorrow night. Like, what, 30 plus? Oh, no, no, no. Like, I mean, a convinced – like, I yeah. say win well in a final might be 20 points. Yeah, okay. But, but just look. they play better footy and they beat Brisbane and put all the pressure back on Brisbane. Wouldn't that throw a spanner in the works? And I'm not saying that because I don't rate Brisbane. Mm-hmm. I think they're outstanding. But I think Port Adelaide are the most – the team with the most upside going into September. Wow. Like it. Going to be a shootout? Yep. Yep. And then that throws the whole second week of the finals on its head completely. Still too hard to work out. Completely. Uh, have you got any kissing and making up you've got to do with Collingwood fans now? No, or can we just no, totally no. put this to bed? I keep, I've praised them all year whenever they've won. <laughs> and then when I've, when I've tipped against them, they all get upset. So they deserve to be in the prelim, 100%. And I said going into last night's game, the winner of last night's game would be red-hot favourites to win the flag. And I stick by that. Collingwood now have got one hand on the Premiership Cup. Do you reckon Brodie Holland listens to footy talk? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure what he does, Brody. Did Brody? I reckon I wrote both for Brody when I was a kid. Did you? Brody Holland would have been playing for Collingwood. Yeah. When I was a kid, barracking for them. Yeah. Come on, Brody. With that rig. What yeah. Those oh, arms absolutely. and those he had abs on top of abs. Absolutely. Like an 18 pack at once. And stage. I grew up going down to watch the Preston Bull Ants as a kid. He coaches the Preston Bull Ants. Oh, so I think he's finished. Brody and I need to make up. I think he, I think he's finished at oh, Preston. Yeah. I think that might be done. Oh. We'll, we'll go away and check that. Sorry. 
You have our word, Brody. If Collingwood make the grand final in grand final week, Joey I'll be tipping and you them. I'll be tipping the pies have if they're a in the grand final. And Joey will be tipping them. Have a great weekend. My goodness, we love September. Joey, where are we seeing you this weekend, please? Uh, Triple M tomorrow, St Kilda Giants. Put my hand up to do the St Kilda game. So I'm unashamedly going to be biased, but that's okay. I think I'm there for a bit of the pregame with you and Jay-Z. And yes. then I'm just going to slide off and have a couple of beers and yeah, stands, I would have thought. Thanks for being with us on Footy Talk. Don't forget, Joey's back tomorrow with Jay. And as always, if you've got a question, you can hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod and on TikTok as well at footytalkpod. Listener.